Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. We got a lot of news to dissect here on the podcast this morning, but before I get into the couple of games the Blackhawks played over the weekend, I have to start by talking about the latest Blackhawks to be placed on the NHL's COVID-19 protocol list. And those two players are forward Ryan Carpenter and defenseman Nicholas Bodan. So at the moment, the Blackhawks, in addition to all of the injuries they're dealing with right now. They also have five players currently on the COVID list. Adam Boquist, Alex DeBrinkett, Lucas Walmark, and now Carpenter and Bodan. And there's not a timetable for any of these players to return currently. We do know that Boquist and DeBrinkett will be missing at least two full weeks, but the other three, we, we haven't received a similar update on at this point. But Man, another tough blow here for the Blackhawks. When it rains, it pours right now for the Hawks in terms of just guys dropping out of the lineup. I mean, last night against Columbus, we were without Jonathan Taze, Kirby Dock, Alex DeBrinkett, Alex Nylander, Lucas Walmark, Ryan Carpenter, Zach Smith, Adam Boquist, Brent Seabrook, and Nicholas Bodan. I mean, we're seriously without seven or eight starters at the moment. It's not been an easy start to 2021 here. But as head coach Jeremy Carlton said last week, this is just the reality of the situation we're in right now. It's a crazy world out there. And I don't mean to put any bad juju on anyone out there or anything or or curse the Blackhawks here, but this probably won't be the last of the cases the Hawks will face this year. There have been numerous teams already throughout the NHL that have been dealing with these kind of situations, and it's probably not going away anytime soon. So... As unfortunate as it is for the Blackhawks, got to just fight through it and put together a strong effort to try and come away with some victories. And that's exactly what I thought they did over the weekend against a Columbus Blue Jackets team that, despite a lot of drama surrounding them early on, they've actually found a lot of success here to start the 2021 season. And coming into Friday's contest, we saw the Jackets were atop of the Central Division, actually, with a 3-2-3 record. Now, I know... Tampa Bay hadn't played a couple games because of COVID. Dallas was only at four games because they couldn't start their season uh, until a couple weeks later. And um, a big reason for Columbus's success, though, 
early on in the year has been just their tremendous play in net from their two goaltenders, Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merz-Lincolns. And we saw both these guys play very well over the weekend. On Friday, the Hawks just could not find a way to beat Eunice Corposalo. I mean, I don't think there's really a doubt that the Blackhawks were the better team for most of their con- for most of this contest. I mean, they outshot Columbus 32 to 27 and I thought they got the better of the scoring opportunities in this game, but Corposalo, man, was he really good in that to to pick up that 2 to 1 victory. And on the flip side, Kevin Lankinen really was just as good for the Blackhawks. Lanky got the start once again on Friday, which was well deserved after how well he played down in Nashville, and it's it's really a shame that uh, in back-to-back games, neither of these two games, Lanky couldn't get a W, even though he was really standing on his head and, and was the only reason the Blackhawks were even in those games. He allowed only two goals in both of them, uh, and of course, on Wednesday, in Wednesday's contest, that second goal came via the shootout. So really, just three goals allowed in the last two games for Lankinen. And unfortunately, he comes out with a pair of two to one losses. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help that the Blackhawks are without so many key players right now. Um, And on Friday, it also didn't help that they fell behind two to nothing. That's really been a a tough, that's really been what's, that's really been what's been killing the Blackhawks early on in games. They're just not a team that has a deep enough roster to make multi-goal comebacks, especially late in the games. And on Friday against Columbus, that's what really hurt them. Oliver Oliver Bjorkstrand was really a difference maker for Columbus early on in this contest. He opened the scoring in that first period by rifling a one-timer past Lankinen on the power play. And then early in the second period, he made a nifty outlet pass to find Eric Robinson in transition. And Robinson wristed a shot past Lanky to make it two to nothing. And, and that was all the support Corpusalo needed and that to secure the victory. Uh, we did see the Hawks fight their way to try to make this thing close. They managed to cash in on the power play late in the second period to cut the Jackets lead in half. That was via Dylan Strom, his third goal of the season. And actually all three of his goals have come on the power play. Uh, and as I said, that cut the Jackets lead in half before the third period. And I'm going to mention it again, ladies and gentlemen. I have to. This has been my mantra all season long. You know what started that play on the Blackhawks' power play? It was a Dominic Kubelik one-timer from the right dot. And Strom was able to corral the loose puck and pull off a nice give-and-go with Kaner to get the Blackhawks on the board. But it all started with that Dominic Kubelik shot from the right circle. And it's become quite apparent now that good things tend to happen when you give Kubelik those opportunities on the power play. And for a Blackhawks team that's so derailed, they're as derailed as much as they are by injuries and everything right now, they're likely to keep struggling to score goals. We've seen that happen a bunch lately where they score two goals we, two times in two games. They only scored one. And with those struggles, you have to take advantage of the, the players that are still in the lineup. And Dominic Kubalik is the best shot on this team. There's not a doubt in my mind when I say that. So Colleton has to continue to keep giving Kubalik those looks at the right dot with the top power play unit. And what do you know? That's the only goal the Blackhawks wound up scoring on Friday night against Columbus. So Jeremy, please, please, please keep giving Dominic Kubalik the opportunity to have success on this power play. My biggest problem with Friday's contest, though, uh, was the third period. Just like the Nashville series, the Hawks just seemed to come out flat, and 
I don't know if it's because we're missing a lot of key guys in the locker room and, and on the ice for big moments like the third period. You know, you want to have a great leader like Jonathan Taze, a great vocal locker room guy like Brent Seabrook. Those absences are huge, so I'm sure that does play uh, a big part of it, but the third periods just have not been very good for the Blackhawks lately, and it really cost them here on Friday night against Columbus. They only put up nine shots on goal. Several of them came from the outside, and they didn't really present much of a threat offensively, so I was a little upset with that part, and I was also upset with Jeremy Colleton's coaching style a little bit. Once again, the Blackhawks went with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen to get Nicholas Bodan a look in the lineup for the second straight game. And I just don't think that lineup gives the team a strong balance because defensemen are never playing with consistent partners. Patrick Kane's out there double shifting with every line. And it just seems like we can never get our mojo going when that happens. And what do you know? We wound up losing once again with that lineup structure. So 11, for, uh, 11 forwards and seven defensemen does not seem to be a recipe success here, a recipe for success here for the Blackhawks. And also, I really struggled to understand why Colleton pulled the goaltender with just over a minute to go. Like with the Blackhawks struggling so much offensively, that's probably... Not the best idea to give them six attackers for barely 60 seconds together. And it's not like uh, they, they, the Hawks weren't playing with the puck for a significant period of time or anything. Colleton could have pulled them, uh, could have pulled Lankinen around the two-minute marker or even a bit earlier than that. So just a couple of the little things I was frustrated with late in the game. And for the second time in three days, the Blackhawks found themselves on the wrong end of a two-to-one final score. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's a quick recap on the front end of the two-game series versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about everything that transpired over the weekend as well as last night's contest between those two teams. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The Super Bowl is less than a week away, ladies and gentlemen. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. The NBA is back. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world is chaos right now, and there's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and don't forget to use the promo code locked on one word in all caps to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit it's your online sportsbook experts it's betonline.ag This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Lockdown Today, wherever you may get your podcasts. All right, 
I just wrapped up talking about Friday night's tilt against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Moving on now, I have to get into everything that took place on Saturday noon. It was just absolute chaos here for a couple hours. So the Blackhawks, they were scheduled to have practice on Saturday morning around, I think it was pretty early. It was around noon, maybe 11. Uh, But right before everything got underway, practice was canceled out of an abundance of caution due to potential exposure to the COVID-19 virus. And immediately when that news came out, I knew nothing good was going to come of it. And then just a couple hours later, Ryan Carpenter and Nicholas Bodan, they became the latest Blackhawks to be placed on the COVID-19 protocol list. First and foremost, I have to say, I hope everyone's feeling all right. Forget hockey. Hope everyone's feeling all right. Hope everyone's family's okay. Again, I'm not sure if these players actually tested positive for COVID or if they were just deemed close contacts or whatnot. But regardless, a tough situation there for those two. Um, Fortunately, it seems like the Hawks were able to avoid a team-wide outbreak, but but still just a a scary situation for all the coaches and, and the players that are around the team. And the Hawks also now are down two more key pieces of their lineup, and they're still going to have to move forward. Just got to have the next man up mentality, like Colleton said. And there were some worries, actually, that uh, this game on Sunday against Columbus was going to be canceled because of, of an outbreak or something. But uh, apparently the two the two sides both did a really good job of making sure, you know, everything was safe and secure to move forward. I'm sure they had to triple or, or quadruple check on all the test results from the two teams, but eventually the game was cleared to be played. So six o'clock last night, the Hawks and the Blue Jackets squared off for uh, the back half of their short two-game series. And because Carpenter and Bodan were obviously not able to be in the lineup, Colleton elected to go with Matthew Highmore. He got back in the lineup after being a healthy scratch for a handful of consecutive games. And then Colleton also had rookie Reese Johnson in the lineup to make his NHL debut, which that was a decision I really liked for a couple of different reasons. One being that, first off, we went back to a 12 forwards and six defensemen look in the lineup, something that really should not be tinkered with again for the rest of the season. And also, Johnson is someone who... Kind of like Brandon Hagel, he doesn't have the highest of ceilings, but he can very much so be an impactful player for the Blackhawks down in their bottom six. He does all the little things well. He's a smart, smart defensive player. And and truthfully, you can never have too many of those guys on, on your roster. And back in his junior days with Red Deer, he overcame a couple shoulder surgeries. He was a great leader. He was the captain for that team. And while he never really put up the greatest offensive numbers, everything else about his game really stood out. As I said, he's a great defensive player. He was one of the best face-off men in the WHL. And so Colleton, I really thought this was a good decision by Colleton for a few different reasons. And hey, it wound up paying off as uh, I really thought the Blackhawks put together arguably their best team effort of the 2021 season, and I thought Reese Johnson was a huge part of that. But the Blackhawks as a whole, offensively, they were really good. Defensively, eh, it, was, it was a battle a little bit, but I thought they did their job well enough to, uh, to secure a win. And with Lanky playing the way he is in that right now, the, the Hawks seriously have a chance every night, regardless of how many players are out of their lineup. 
So, to recap the game a little bit, the Blackhawks opened up the scoring near the midway point of the first period on a three-on-two rush as Matias Janmark demonstrated excellent poise and patience with the puck on his stick. Just waited and waited and waited. Eventually, he finds Kaner open in the slot, and then Kane, just a ridiculous Patrick Kane showtime play here. All he does when Janmark centers that pass to him, Kane just opens up his stick blade a little bit, and the puck perfectly skips off his stick and goes right to Philip Kirishev back door for a tap-in goal, his third of the season. And the Blackhawks, for just the fourth time in 2021, scored the first goal to take a 1-0 lead. And heading into Sunday, the record was 2-0-1 when scoring that opening goal. So that's probably a trend that they would like to continue with going forward. And by the way, Colleton jumbled up the forward lines a little bit here on Sunday, and Kirishev found himself up on the top line with Kane and Yanmark, and he, he also was playing mostly at center last night instead of on the wing, which is where he had been through his first handful of NHL games. So a big move there by Colleton, and hey, it certainly paid off for both the Blackhawks and for Kirishev early in this contest. However, Late in the first, Columbus was able to tie things up at one apiece with a goal from Boone Jenner. And this was just another case of Calvin DeHaan getting caught flat-footed in transition. That's not the first, second, or third time that's happened with DeHaan this season. Uh, and while I personally feel like he's been solid most nights, the last couple have not been his best. And his poor decision-making here cost the Blackhawks a big one late in the first period. Then after. A strong second period in which the Hawks recorded 16 shots on goal. The game somehow was still tied 1-1 to heading into the third period, and it looked like the Hawks were in for another night of trouble as we saw the Hawks get stonewalled by Eunice Corposalo on Friday. Well, through 40 minutes, Elvis Mers Lincolns was arguably even better, uh, but fortunately in the final 20, Elvis had a a little bit of a brain cramp, and had a pair of horrendous turnovers, to put it nicely, behind his own net that led to Blackhawks' goals. The first one, Pia Suter, we saw him force a turnover. Uh, he kind of, Suter talked about the situation after the game. He saw Merz Lincolns on the last play. He passed the puck in the opposite direction, so Suter kind of was just predicting that he was going to go the other way this time around, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Suter forces a turnover behind the net, and then he just throws the puck to the front. Somehow, it banks off Mers Lincolns and goes between his legs, and that's Suter's fourth goal of the season. It went unassisted, and it actually wound up being the game winner for the Hawks. And then less than six minutes later, Mers Lincolns coughed up the puck once again behind his own net. This time, it was Kirishev who forced the turnover. He made an easy Easy feed to find Kaner out in front, and with just six minutes to go, the Blackhawks were up two goals. It was their first multi-goal lead in what felt like forever, and Kane and Kirishev both now had multi-point nights as a result of that goal. And with Lanky performing as well as he has been, three goals was plenty of offense to get the job done last night. He sealed the deal down the stretch, finishing with 32 saves, and the Blackhawks managed to pick up their third victory of the 2021 season to move their record to 3-4-3 through the opening 10 games. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about my biggest takeaways from last night's 3-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. But first, 
I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, peanut butter, toffee, almond, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. Guys, Built Bar just sent me a sample pack with all 18 flavors and... These are seriously some of the best protein bars I've had in my life. Cookies and cream and lemon almond cheesecake. Those two flavors are tremendous. So one more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Start your week off with Lockdown NHL so you don't miss another big hockey story. Every Monday, Lockdown Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars by subscribing to Lockdown NHL wherever you may get your podcasts. Okay, I just got done recapping the Blackhawks' 3-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Now, before I wrap up today's episode, I wanted to be sure to talk about some of the biggest takeaways I had from the contest. First, I mean, how can it not be Kevin Lankinen? I mean, he's seriously been such a pleasant surprise here in 2021. And while I did have a feeling that he was going to have a say in this goaltender battle and that he would be better than people expected, I never ever picture him playing this well for the Blackhawks. I mean, through his first six NHL starts, Lanky has allowed two goals or less in five of them, five in a row actually, since his NHL debut against the Panthers. And he now sports a 3-1-2 record along with an incredible 1.97 goals against average and 937 save percentage. Those numbers are among some of the top netminders in the NHL right now. It's been crazy. And while I know the sample size, yes, it has been fairly small, what stood out to me more than Lankinen's numbers is just his composure in net for being a rookie. I mean, this kid, I know he's 25, which it's not all that young, but he just, he looks like a seasoned veteran out there. He looks like he's 30, 32, and has been doing it in this league for a long time. And and maybe, you know, it, it helped that he played three years of professional hockey overseas and then followed that up with two years down in Rockford. But he, whatever it was, whatever, whatever did the trick, he just looks far from a rookie in net for the Blackhawks so far. And without a doubt, he has been the MVP of this team and he's currently running away with the starting, starting goaltender job here in Chicago. So 
Uh, another outstanding effort by Lankin in last night. Another player who I have to talk about is Reese Johnson, who had a very noticeable NHL debut. He finished with a whopping seven hits in just 10 minutes and 56 seconds of ice time. I believe he only had 12 or 13 shifts, so he was really racking up a hit every time he was out there on the ice. Uh, he was a wrecking ball, and that's that's really what I liked about his game. Well, everything I liked about his game, but but that part in particular because the Blackhawks, they need to be bringing that physical style of play and, and not only that, I thought Johnson did a really good job on the defensive side of things, and I thought he moved the puck really well on offense as, as well. And as I said earlier, he kind of has this game that's similar to Brandon Hagel's, and I feel that both players have done a really fine job of, you know, jumping into this bottom six here for the Blackhawks and doing whatever it takes to find success and doing whatever it takes to provide this team with some energy. So, Great stuff from Reese Johnson last night, and I fully expect to see him back in the lineup on Tuesday with all the absences on the roster at the moment. Last but not least, one other player who stood out to me last night, and not in a good way, ladies and gentlemen, was Nikita Zadorov. My, oh my, was he horrendous once again last night. And I feel like it's been three or four games here in a row where Zadorov just did not look good at all. He looked he looked slow. He was coughing the puck up in his own zone and had it not been for Lankinen, you know, making a couple of big saves on uh some Zadorov's some of Zadorov's horrible turnovers, you know, they they could have wound up in the back of the net and this win could have belonged to the Blue Jackets. So, need to see better things from Big Z going forward, especially because we know that Stan Bowman told him that he's going to have a top four role and top four role here in Chicago, or at least that's what they would like for him to be for this franchise, a top four defenseman. And so far, I don't think Zadorov's lived up to that hype. But of course, we're still only ten games into the season. The season's still very young. Uh, and once again, though, with so many players missing in the Blackhawks lineup right now for various different reasons. I expect them to try and allow Zadorov to play through his struggles just because we really don't have any other option here at the moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, February 1st episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check me out at my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can always call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. 
part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.